0: Hello and welcome once again to Inside LAFC. I am Max Bredos. A lot to cover as always. We're getting closer to kicking things off for reels. April 17th. We will be playing home or away. We're gonna get that news pretty soon. And I would imagine the whole rollout for the season, a mm, couple weeks. I'm recording this on a Monday, which is the first. Official day of preseason. So we'll get to that shortly. It's also International Women's Day. And want to say a, a thank you to all the women out there who have come and I'll focus more on my industry that have come so far. Thank you, my my mother and my sister, who led by example in work ethic when I needed advice. My mother, who was put through the grinder uh, and dealt so much but overcame so much and fought hard grinded for everything and gave me good advice time and time again and I owe her so much because I got out of my comfort zone because of that my sister too following suit so very fortunate to have those strong women in my life as well as in the professional ranks and here at LAFC and the list I know I'm not going to get everyone but Kristen Kuhn with our partners who knocks it out of the park time and time again uh and Legal, Marielle, Ida, Lauren, who is our connection there in the content world, being our eyes at what's happening in training. Mia Ham, the list goes on and on. And it's it's a long list. And it used to be a short list because you know I've been in this profession a long time, and sports certainly was the old boys' network. And people were going, how do we diversify and, and do it? And the answer is easy. There's really good candidates that fit the bill who know the product. And then we get immersed into that. You know, I worked at ESPN and there was one sports center anchor that was a woman in Linda Cohn and then Hannah storm. And I'm friends with both of them. I talked to Linda all the time uh, about how hard it was. And now it's opened up where there are more and more good women on the desk in the field, calling games and, you know, they're, they're reaching for it. So I would just say happy International Women's Day, but every day should be International Women's Day. So celebrate it whatever day you're hearing here, this podcast. Speaking of, my guest this week, speaking of, I'm on the podcast, of course, speaking of. And the big news uh, last week was the partnership between LAFC and Real SoCal and The more you hear about it, the more excited you get. And you'll get more excited when my guest joins me in the next segment, Alberto Bru, who's the director of Real SoCal Club, soon to be LAFC SoCal Youth. It's a massive success story there in the Valley, developing so many great young men and women uh, through soccer. And there's a lot to it. And there's a lot to doing it the right way, because you know that space is saturated here in SoCal There's a lot of teams, there's a lot going on, but what's really a club? And there's a reason why LAFC worked so hard to make the connection with Real SoCal. And here we are, it is a reality and you're gonna really enjoy that. And I know there's a lot of parents wondering how do I get my kid involved? And I'll ask Alberto that and we'll get some answers, but it's all connected. And this is also great for LAFC because you're gonna create fans. You're gonna create this foundation in, uh, in the youth ranks which is essential in so many ways, not just for developing talent for the club, but as I said, making people think about LAFC. It goes with the kids. It goes with the parents. It goes with the families, the supporters. It's all a big deal. So we'll get to that. Yes, indeed. Monday, March the 8th was the beginning of official preseason. So we had some time to, to chat with Bob today. Uh, Spoke to John Thorington on a Zoom call with regards to the partnership with Real SoCal, but with Bob, it was more about what's going on, getting closer. He's going to have, this is really valuable training. And you know, Bob uh, and the team, and he mentioned Ante and Mike Sorber and Kenny Arena really intensive to get the most out of training and the players, the more they train in that environment, in that facility, the better they get. So when you have, that opportunity ahead of April 17th, because keep in mind, and I've said this before, when April 17th rolls around, there's going to be a lot of midweek games. So full practices, full trainings are going to be harder and harder to come by. So you'll want to get that through here. News with regards to the season as we get closer to it, and you have Some news coming out of South America, the Comebol South American World Cup qualifiers have been postponed. They were to be played in late March. It seemed like the obvious situation because you have a real dilemma in South America. Cases are are going up still in countries like Brazil. Vaccines are not getting distributed in countries like Argentina. European teams do not want to send their South American players there. It's in the middle of a busy time for them, not as much in MLS, but LAFC. Last time they sent their four internationals, Sifu and Chiki, Brian Rodriguez and Diego Rossi, they all had to deal with COVID on the way out. And that certainly affected the season and the playoffs. So this seems like the right decision. And a lot of clubs are going to benefit it, certainly in Europe, and, and LFC to a lesser degree, but but it would have taken these guys out for at least two weeks, if not longer, probably longer. And you're talking about March 25th, March 28th, that will seep into the season. Brian Rodriguez now on loan with Almeria, so maybe not affected as much. So still a relief. I wouldn't say good news because you don't want to see these guys miss out on an opportunity Um to be able to represent their country, but it's not perfect. I'm actually pulling up Brian Rodriguez. I forgot to do that. Let's see what he did. Did he come in? Hey, he played some minutes. He played some times for Almedia and they got a road victory. So that's progress. Cause he wasn't getting as many minutes prior to that. And I'm going to roll down here and I can tell you, look, he got some, he got some serious minutes. Here we go. He got 37 minutes. So best performance for Brian Rodriguez since going to Alameda. And that's important because you want to see him develop. Bob was asked about that in the presser today and uh, was just pointing out about, you know, how important it is that Brian is a big talent and getting these games. So good news there. Look, it's good news everywhere. Tomas Romero, recent addition to LAFC, called up for the pre-Olympic team for El Salvador, spoke with, Vince La Rosa, and there's a lot of talk about the talent of this guy. We know about the two goalkeepers we have, but he's going to make it an interesting three-man competition. The preseason roster, 26 players. You have three goalkeepers, 10 defenders, seven midfielders, six forwards. More good news. The guidelines for a return from the governor's office have been put in place April 1st. As long as we're in the red tier and it appears we're going to be in the red tier by march facilities like bank of california stadium will allow to bring in 20 percent attendance that's going to be another issue to see who gets to go in there but the what we all have to keep in mind is that's an important first step if they can get to the next tier it is orange it'll be 33 percent attendance yellow tier 67 percent and the way cases are dropping God willing, we will get there much sooner. And there is belief when you talk to folks within the stadium, within the club, that we would have a full stadium by late summer, possibly maybe sooner. Uh, Marcus Farfan also getting called up to the under 23. So a lot of good stuff there. And lastly, congratulations to Sean and Luis, our trainers who were named the PSATs 2020 trainer staff of the year. So good accolades coming to our LAFC family and well-deserved. Those guys are on it. And I've seen them, we see them in the games, but I've seen them do stuff at the facility, at the performance center that has blown my mind, how quickly they react to situations that have come up for players and tending to them, seen it. This is a, it's no accident. So we're happy for them. Preseason schedule. There will be three games. I think all three are at Bank of California stadium. There will be an inter-squad game, March 19th. So that's coming up pretty soon. And then a couple games against the New England Revolution. So we'll get Bruce Arena back. So we'll get a Bruce-Kenny reunion. That'll be on April 3rd, April 10th. And then the first game will be April the 17th. MLS is ramping towards it. Big news. A couple of the Canadian teams uh, announcing that they're going to be playing in Florida for the beginning of the season. Restrictions much tighter with regards to COVID in Canada. So you have that playing a role as well. I think that covers everything. Yes, it is. So I, I'm looking at my notes, but just getting over with with Bob and I asked him about the academy players, and he uh, he, he discussed how they're going to start to pick up little things, or with the under 17s, and for Mexico, and how. They will be given responsibilities to hit so that they continue to grow. And we'll get more stories coming out of the preseason. However, it's too early to tell. The good news guys are there. Everyone seems healthy. No real talk of COVID. The testing is getting its job done, which is a relief because we always had to preface everything with COVID testing. And it looks like uh, there's a real push towards some normalcy here in every category, including that of the team. So there we are. We're up to speed. I'm going to take a quick pause. And when we return, we will have that discussion about LAFC SoCal youth. Alberto Bru will be joining me here on Inside LAFC. As always, we appreciate your support. Please rate, review, give us a, a review. Does, five stars would be great. Give us a review. Big things for the podcast coming up very soon. And of course, subscribe while you're there. Inside LAFC, a podcast for you. Welcome back to Inside LAFC. As we touched on earlier and you've heard over the last week or so an exciting new partnership for LAFC and Real Socal which is now going to become LAFC Socal Youth and on the the heels of the LAFC Academy and the success it's created this is a new layer which is going to be more comprehensive and be a bigger part of the LAFC brand throughout Southern California. And with that in mind a very special guest alberto brew ab i can call you ab correct of course that's much easier (laughs) i like saying alberto ab (laughs) joining us he's real socal club director so you guys will be going with a rebrand as well so you you will be affiliated now with lafc on the video part you have the lafc socal sweater i need to get a handle on one of those but this will be part of your rebrand as well correct
1: Absolutely. We we are now wearing uh, blue and white uh, nice Nike uniforms, and we're going to wear fantastic uh, black and gold uh, Adidas uniforms.
0: And that's all part of it. We won't get too much into uh, all the details because talking to folks, and it's coming into view for me, all the work that's been going into it, spoke to John Thorrington earlier today, and he was talking about the process of getting this done. So some people may think this happened over a few weeks, go, hey, it makes sense. But give an idea about the the work you guys had to put in to get from the first time this was even discussed as a possibility to the point now where it's happening.
1: Well, it's been about two years in, in the works. And one of the reasons is that the MLS affiliate youth network wanted to make sure that these partnerships were real. And had value as there had been some MLS clubs just sort of slapping around partnerships and working with three different groups, Real SoCal, LAFC and the MLS. So it, it took quite, quite a while. And of course, working with Adidas and working with uh, John John Thornton and, and Todd Saldana. So, yes, it did take quite a while, Max.
0: Before we get into the partnership, I want to talk a little bit about you, AB, and how much love how much effort you've given to this game. So give us an idea of when you, when this first became an idea for you to pursue. And I spoke to Todd Saldana and he was telling me the incredible work you did. This is really an LA success story in the Valley where you looked for structure in a a youth program to help these kids uh, have that infrastructure, the curriculum, all those details. So when did you, how did you see this was the right path? And when did you notice that things were working and growing, especially in that area of the Valley, which is such a stronghold for talent here in the city?
1: Well, I've been coaching youth soccer. and I don't know if it's good or bad. I've been coaching for 32 years. That's amazing. Sports. That's
0: amazing. <laughs> Experience matters, Alberto, I'm telling you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 32 years here in Southern California as a youth coach. And obviously before that playing, um, Todd and I were teammates. 1987 maybe, uh, we we played together on uh, California Kickers. So turned into a coach and been working here for all that time. And just like life, youth soccer seems to cycle. And the last 10, 12 years in, in, in youth soccer in California have been crazy. So we felt that we created a fantastic brand at Real SoCal, and we just felt that it was time to what's next and what could be something that we could offer our
0: members. What was it that you want? Because the word club is so big for LAFC. It's a club, and that comes with a lot of responsibilities. And I get the impression that is a word that means a lot to you in building this. So what were the components that you saw and I, I and I imagine at the early stage you probably would have never thought it could have gotten to the size and scope as you've talked about in the last 12 years where it is it is just grown by leaps and bounds but what were those important details that you you insisted on having in a club so that you could have that foundation and build which clearly the results are in has been a success well
1: it, there is a long evolution in that when I first started um, parents hired and of course fired their youth coaches and then little by little we created uh, just an identity in a club but there was no real continuity there was no methodology, there was no structure. And you know at real we've we've got a little bit of a DNA, a, a little bit of, a, of an imprint of who we are and what kind of soccer we play and how, how we treat people and how we represent ourselves and and, and we have grown, In in, in that area. So we have 55 teams, and we feel now that there is definitely a a Real SoCal
0: DNA. What about being in that part of Los Angeles in the valley? Uh, What were the the advantages of being there, and where did you lean into to help grow Real SoCal?
1: Well, Real SoCal is is also uh, two clubs that came together a while back. Um, and there, our hub is in the valley, but we also have a base out in, in, in the Agoura Conejo Valley area as well. So we feel that our advantage is sort of like the the 101 corridor, which is like from 405 to the 23. We have a lot of kids from the Calabasas, Woodland Hills, Agoura, Thousand Oaks, Um the, those communities that, that we have a lot of kids that come to us from those areas, as well as the surrounding areas, you know, uh, up the one one freeway.
0: When you look at what you offer the kids from the beginning, and what was important to give them more than the sport? Obviously, they're going to get games. And whether you're a club, whether you're a youth program, it's about games, games. But what was those extra elements that you wanted to include to help these players in their development?
1: Well, as, as you mentioned, there's no shortage of games or leagues or competition, uh, especially with young players, training, development, environment are, are, are vital so they can grow, fall in love with the game, um, learn to play, learn to play together. You know, a lot of kids are very talented but don't always know how to play the game. So we just wanted to make sure that there was a place that they could progress through. You know, we have some kids that are in our club from eight to 18. Quite a few of our kids stay with us for quite a quite a long time.
0: How have you seen them change over that process? What and, and what are those details that you take away and say, okay, it's we have seen that change? Because if the talented kids, the kids that move on to play college, to possibly play professionally, to possibly represent their country, it happens at a very young age. And they at whether it's 15, 16, 17, they have to be prepared for it. What are, those, what are those elements you would look to instill to make that transition as, as easy as possible for them so when they're, when they're faced with those opportunities, they're able to grab them?
1: Well, we take a lot of pride in preparing our kids for college. Obviously, most of our kids go to college, both boys and girls. We have a very strong girls program, and we have a very strong boys program, and we put thousands and thousands of players into college. And we have a few that have been, been playing professional soccer. So, you know, you want to try to teach them the values of, of uh, hard work, uh, good being a good citizen, and of course, learning to play. Uh, learning to play with the ball, without the ball, and learning to play as a team. So we pride ourselves in trying to get those guys to the next level, which for us is college. Uh, a lot of female professional players, a lot of male professional players, and the few talented, you know, elite, have gone on to play at at, uh, LFC Academy. I think we have maybe four, maybe five players right now representing LFC.
0: Yeah. And that's going to seemingly grow. While I have you here, talk about that, that pathway. And what does it mean for now Real SoCal soon to be LFC SoCal youth to identify those players that you would feel ready for the Academy? How do you see that working for those players and for those coaches to make that step for them?
1: Well, that's something that uh, Todd and I, you know, being being friends and, and and having a professional relationship, had already started sort of an informal pathway where we had some of our uh, SoCal players training at LFC, and we've had one or a few, one or two train and then and then go to the team. So now we're trying to work on creating a pathway where they uh, have opportunity to be identified, you know, from our end. Hey, uh, guys, we feel this player is ready for LFC, and of course, having an easier uh, pathway where LFC can just come down and say, look, we we'll work with this player. We'll bring them in and, and they're ready to to go and be a part of, of the Academy.
0: Alberto, what the questions when this partnership was brought up, one of the questions I hear the most, whether it's the most, it's my most appropriate question or not. I don't know, but a lot of people have children that they view as talented in playing the game. And they're going to say, how do I get my child involved in this? So how, how, what would be the right answer to them if they wanted to, if they were, because I obviously you don't want these kids driving an hour, two hour to go to a, a practice. Uh, it's counterproductive in many ways. What would be the pathway if they were within, within close vicinity of Real so, SoCal? What would be the structure for those parents getting into the eyes, getting through the doors there at the new club?
1: Well, the easiest way is to make contact with us and Max, because of, you know, players are always seeking to, you know, new new environments in club soccer, anyways. But obviously, with the announcement, we've had quite a few people reach out to us and inquire about about the club. So the best way is through our website, um, which which uh, is lafcsocalyouth.org.
0: It's brand new. So I, I, I'm, hoping, <laughs> I'm hoping. I, was, that's
1: what I keep calling it Rail
0: Socal. We got to get used to calling it LAFC yeah. Socal Youth. It'll start yeah. happening.
1: Yeah, and well, realsocal.org will take you to the new one. Just just fill out a, a, a tryout inquiry and, and get on out there at the right place. You know, we have 55 teams of our own, uh, boys and girls, eight through 18s at different levels. Uh, we have the elite and we have the, the beginning level as well. So getting in the right level, getting in the right environment, falling in love with the game, learning to play, I- improving, seeing if you're serious about aspirations because – to get to a place like an LFC Academy, you know, you're, you're going to have not just talent, but you're going to have to have uh, determination
0: and work rate and, and all the things that go with it. You said 55 teams. How many kids total is that?
1: It's about 750. And, 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 and actually, we, we just, uh, 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 you know, merged with another youth club in our area called the Doors LA. Pat's LA, as they're known in the Valley. So we actually now have 70. There's so many new things that uh, we have 70 teams in our club now.
0: Going back to that last question about parents and their kids, you've seen it all, and that's what makes you such a valuable asset in determining the direction that this partnership goes to with LAFC SoCal Youth. What are the myths of youth soccer? What are the things that you would warn people about how this thing operates and make sure you're, you're, you're doing it about the right way? Or just the myths in general that you've seen that people assume about youth soccer, particularly here in Southern California?
1: Well, I mean, there's, there's a lot of uh, missteps, so, 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 so to mean I think that an unfortunate thing that's happening now is a lot of people are just switching clubs. They, you know, They're dissatisfied with this club, they go to that club, they go to that club. And I think they're not learning to play the game because it takes a while to learn to play. Uh, there's certainly a lot of talented kids, youngers, boys, girls, there's just so many talented kids, but do they know how to play the game? So, so the problem, uh, I don't know, maybe a myth is a club is a club is a club, which it's not just like a school is different. And, um, the other, not necessarily a myth, but a, but a misstep that, 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 that parents can take is too much too soon. Uh, I think there's a term that's called the race to nowhere. Sometimes they want their five-year-old to be on the world cup team, or they want their nine-year-old team to, to, to win the, the, every championship that there's ever out there, which obviously is impossible. And the quest for winning is so hard and so high that sometimes they, that takes a backseat to just enjoying playing the game and learning to play the game. And sometimes the kids are happy, right? But adults, unfortunately, sometimes intervene and maybe they're not happy.
0: <laughs> I've seen that at work many times. What has it been like during the pandemic to get kids games games because we we've known that during this youth sports has taken a hit at different levels in different places how do you minimize how are you able to minimize that as best as possible so kids in these formative years are able to maintain a certain level I know it's probably impossible to do that I'm just speaking from my side my son who's he's not going to be the next Lionel Messi he likes playing basketball but he hasn't really been able to play basketball or soccer I know some clubs have been ramping it up, but what do you do to kind of fill that void a bit so that they that there's gonna be damage done? There's no way, but to lessen that during this once in a lifetime we hope situation we've dealt with so far here in 2020 and 21.
1: Well, at the beginning, I mean everything shut down. And, and you know, and rightfully so. There was a bit of a fear and a bit of panic, and there was there was nothing. And we had Zoom practice, which which was okay at the beginning, but after a while Zoom practice really wears. Um, our older coaches got very creative with guest speakers. Uh, one of our teams actually had Mark Anthony Kay come on you know, and, and chat with the boys. And, and we, we were able to just maximize on Zoom, but that, was, that ended around June. Then we had you know, COVID uh, social distance training and, and that, was, that was challenging, but you know, we made the best of it and our club continued to train. And then we were able to have more of a flowing soccer practice and keep our kids COVID safe. And just recently have been starting playing games. And we just, you know, have, it's a thing of the past because we are allowed to play games in California and we are scheduling games and and we're ready to move forward.
0: We certainly are. And it it was really impressive to see um, how, how quickly folks were able to adjust. I saw it from LAFC. We saw it from the Academy and hearing from you, now is finding ways to fill that gap. And even, again, it has to be frustrating to be doing Zoom practices, but if you get that speaker, these are valuable things. I mean, in addition to playing, just being able to hear people with these experience certainly sticks. And in the case of Mark Anthony Kay, a guy who's a professional, a guy that you would love to strive to be like, that's, it's never time uh, poorly spent, but all that said, Good that we can we can see the light at the end of the tunnel and these guys can practice uh, their will. It must have been hard for them just to have to to sit on their hands a little bit in the early stages. I can only imagine that must have been tough, especially when we were talking someone like yourself with these 55 clubs that you have at then Real SoCal, now the LAFC SoCal youth.
1: Yeah, I think also what magnifies it, multiplies it, was that the kids were also in Zoom school, right? So, yeah. so Zoom school is... You know not exciting and now you have soon practice so when we were able to, to resume practice in june the kids were elated you know they they were thrilled and and they're just having fun playing soccer and you know many many parents came to us with you know thank you for holding these practices because the kids were just deprived of so many other just aspects of, of, of movement and playing and socializing and enjoying
0: Alberto, what does this partnership with LAFC mean for you personally? And I'll get to the bigger picture of, uh, of what you can foresee these two big brands combining. But for you personally, after all the time you put in to developing the game, LAFC is, is as I like to say, still in diapers, four years old. But it's, it's been able to do so much good in, a, in that short time in Los Angeles. So personally, first of all, what does that relationship mean to you that you're now part of that bigger LAFC family?
1: Well, we're, 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 we're fantastically uh, thrilled because, you know, Real SoCal, again, was a, you know, a national brand, a, a competitive club. And, and what could it strive to do? Well, it could strive to, you know, formalize with a, with a local professional club because sometimes clubs have, uh, you know, affiliations or partnerships with people that are far away. And it's very challenging. We, we went into a little affiliation with Roma, which is obviously a fantastic club, but they're in Italy and it never really turned any corner so to have an affiliation with the local youth club and the distance that we're to LA is really not that far to have it with be a club like LAFC that you know has has a fan base has has a unique fan base has branding in the community has pride in the community has a a product on the field the LAFC academy you know that stands that that's a standard of excellence so for us to take that next step and, and, and be a part of an organization like that was, was just really for us.
0: We know the LAFC Academy gets the coaching from LAFC and will there be opportunities for these, these kids in the LAFC SoCal youth to be able to experience LAFC senior team, LAFC players, LAFC coaches with any re- with not regularity, but at least certainly on some occasions where those two can cross paths.
1: Well, our partnership is about four or five days old, I believe, and and we've already had uh, we have tryouts on Saturday, and we were able to bring an LAFC scout and an LAFC head coach out to our practice. So wow. you know, yeah, yeah, the partnership is real, and we're hoping to have as many of those types of situations as possible. You know, as we know, not every single player in our club is elite and not every single player in our club is going to end up at the LRC Academy. We have little ones, we have, we have girls. And so our goal is to have us, our club, you know, grow in curriculum, resources, learning, you know, to be able to share with our players. So, so yes, that is something that is in the works to find opportunities for our staff to learn from their staff and you know how much uh, resources, curriculum, leadership we can get from LAFC.
0: And Alberto, this is a two-way street. LAFC benefits from this in so many ways. And I can hear it when I speak to John Thorrington or Bob Bradley or Larry Friedman, how excited they are to begin this process of sharing this space uh, with Real SoCal. When you, when you see, for instance, a chance for these young players to get engaged by LaFC and potentially become a, a supporter for the team or becoming a member of the academy, how are the kids receiving that? Do how how aware are they of LaFC and how how do you how do you see that growing?
1: Well, I, I think it, it's going to grow and, and take on a life of its own. Obviously, the people that were already LaFC fans, you know, were elated. You know, people were coming up to me and saying, I, I can't believe it. We, we love LAFC. And now, now we're LAFC. So they were thrilled. Uh, the, the uh, first, I, I believe the first day we went out, some of our, our little baby girls were, were just practicing cheering. And they were just happy to be LAFC. I don't even know if they they've seen a game or, or know the team, but they were just, they were just cheering. And then, you know, the website that's black and gold, it just, it just looks so cool. So, I think it's going to take on a life of its own and and different people, you know, are going to respond to it in different ways.
0: And you have, you've, you've experienced the LAFC game. You've been shoulder to shoulder with many of uh, the folks here, as you mentioned, our, our director of the Academy in Todd Saldana. What are, what are your thoughts about living here in Los Angeles, seeing this club arrive and seeing how they've done it? What have you enjoyed about how LAFC have rolled out their club in these few years?
1: Well, you know, the one thing that is, that's unique is, is the fan base, right? The, the, the 32 52, you know, to see that and to actually go to a game and, and see that it's from minute one to minute 90 is impressive. Um, you know, and, and, and rivals, I, I've been in some European stadiums and, and it rivals what's there because the European stadiums sometimes are louder and bigger, but they don't go from minute one to minute 90. They, they sort of, uh, rise and fall and, uh, the, the 3252 just never stopped, which was amazing. Um, you know, and obviously a team that, you know, can compete for championships has come close and, and has a product on the field that, that is just stands for quality soccer. So, you know, that, that's impressive. And, you know, the LRC Academy with all the talented kids in Southern California and the style of play and, and, and just the quality football that it plays, it just wherever it goes, it's just a, a, a fantastic brand for youth soccer.
0: You ever envisioned yourself seeing uh, a player that you coached at a young age now envisioning this process going through the academy and walking out on that field as a member of LAFC? It's not far-fetched now, AB. This is, this is the plan, and it, it certainly could happen sooner than later.
1: No, it's not far-fetched. We've had, we've had players play for San Jose Earthquakes, Chicago Fire, um, you know, LA Galaxy, um, I don't know if I can say that word here on on, on the yes, call, you can,
0: you can. Okay. So
1: we've had some players represent LA Galaxy and, and a few other MLS clubs. So we do have and we do have players playing in in the USL Championship right now, all, all over all over the country. So so yeah, it is it is a, a great pride that we can have a player represent LFC Academy, LFC MLS team, UCLA, Duke, Stanford. Um, you know, we had a the Stanford women's team that won the national championship. Uh, There was a big to do with our goalkeeper there who made a bunch of fantastic saves. That was Katie Meyer uh, who made some PK saves and was a minor celebrity uh, in December of last year. So, you know, it it is not far fetched for these kids to have dreams and aspirations and of course reach them.
0: It's very exciting. Is I'm going to wrap it up here. When you look at how the game has, the youth game has grown, what are the, what are the two or three elements from when you first got into it till now that do you say that was a game changer that I am most proud of? That's the most exciting development of youth soccer in Southern California.
1: Well, I think the, the competitive leagues, um, you know, there was only one or two before um, you. There's so many competitive leagues, uh, the quality of coaching. So we we have you know we have great coaches and 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 you look at the clubs throughout Southern California and there's just good coaches everywhere that have improved the, the quality of the game, uh, the amount of time the kids spend on the game, you know I used to play soccer almost every day, um, but you know we have kids now that train in the mornings before I go to parks they're training before school, um, they're doing a lot of playing and and I think the game has changed so much where Southern California is really the standard for for both boys and girls playing the best soccer in the United States, in my opinion.
0: When I spoke to Todd, he, he wanted me to ask you, do you remember what position he played when you guys played together? Well, it,
1: it, it's, it's a great story that I always tell. You know, our, uh, we, were, we were on a pro team, and uh, we were putting together a, a media sheet, and uh, they, they asked for the position. What position do you play? And here I'm putting uh, uh, center back, you know, and, and Todd wrote Maestro which uh, I think was maybe in his imagination where (laughs) where he wrote Maestro. But obviously uh, Todd was a heck of a player and and, and his, uh, his career is, is definitely uh, quite, quite good. But uh, that shows you his confidence that uh, his position was Maestro.
0: Yeah. We've spoken about Todd too much already on this podcast. We'll, (laughs) we'll wrap it up there. I just want, not to bury the lead, but it's always great to talk to a fellow Cubano, AB. Where, where was your family from back in Cuba?
1: Uh, My family's from Havana, Cuba, and um, I I was born in Mexico City. A a lot of people have no idea. The best of both worlds. Yeah. (laughs) uh, A lot of people have no idea where I'm from because my name is Alberto, but it's AB. I have a white complexion with blue eyes, but, uh, you know, hablo espanol perfectamente bien, so they have a hard time, you know, understanding where I'm from.
0: Alberto, you look Cubano to me. I look at you, and I it I can sense it. The voice, the look is definitely Cubano. my My mother was from Cienfuegos on the south, the country the country folk down there in Cuba, and uh, my dad from Matanzas, not too far. So, always good to exchange it because we're not a lot of us, but we are still out there and we embrace the community and and it's it's great to call you one of us with this incredible work you've done, Alberto. It's so exciting. I know I speak on behalf of all. The, the members of the club this kind of this kind of rolled out quickly and then they see it and go oh my goodness this is massive and you hear the enthusiasm of the people in these positions that made it happen and you can only envision what it's going to look like in a few years and it's a it's a beautiful sight but thanks for joining us on on the inside lafc podcast alberto this was really eye-opening for a lot of us
1: of course max thanks anytime it took me 32 years i think to meet a, a fellow cuban in youth soccer in southern california (laughs)
0: <laughs> we're supposed so, to play baseball. We're supposed to, play. I going, I don't like baseball. I like soccer. <laughs> That's how it goes.
1: Thanks for having me on and, and look forward to our relationship uh, growing and, and being back anytime.
0: Fantastic. Alberto Brew of now LAFC SoCal Youth, uh, an incredible success story in the Valley, which will now be part of the LAFC family and will continue to grow. Thanks for listening. Please rate, review, and subscribe to Inside LAFC. We'll be here as we get closer to the season kicking off. It's just a few weeks away. Have a great day, everybody.